Hello and welcome to the Scaling Edge. This is the internet talk program that focuses on the hard-won lessons of battle-hardened entrepreneurs here to share their value with you. I am your host, Michael Brooks. Dan is here. What's going on? Great to be here. Great to see you, Dan Reyes. And Max is here. Yes, yes. Um, we have an automotive legend, the man who merged uh, Fiat and Chrysler. And anybody who knows anything about the automotive business, especially the old school automotive business, it is a blood sport. It is a <laughs> battleground of just testosterone and anger and money. Marco, thank you for being a part of our program. Thank you for being on the Scaling Edge. We appreciate it. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where the bodies are buried? Thank you. <laughs> Hell of an intro, man. Thank you. Uh, company, listen, we've, we, we, yes, with that particular deal, Chrysler Fiat, as you can imagine, an Italian company merges with an American classic company. Bringing the small Fiat cars to the United States was a lot to be told to convince that that was the right move to make from everywhere, you know, from many How did it turn out? Yeah, How did it turn great. out? Great. Yeah. In a span of five years, that deal alone was about $22 billion. And we're talking to an 2005 to 2009-2011. That was a lot of money back then. That would be like 50 <laughs> billion today. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just the one of the orchestrators, you know, I worked with the legend Sergio Marchione who passed away a couple of years ago. That was not one of my buddies, but uh I learned a hell of a lot from this fella, you know, and it made me go into doing my own thing. You know, my family comes from the automotive industry in 1903 we were the first manufacturers of racing cars then we moved on into making motorcycles the brand is soriano and now it's rebirth but uh, it's going electric because the whole world is going in that direction so you make a so your family's been in the automotive business since 1903 that's yep. a, and and your your brand is focused on electric motorbikes today today yes. so far now we're gonna probably start it. We're already projected into making a car with the group Zagato, which they work with the likes of Lamborghini, Ferrari, Aston Martin. So we're we're the next project. That's another three years ahead of. Well, when uh, it comes to when it comes to designs, they say uh, Italians do it better. So how are you approaching? I mean, how are you going to compete with the automotive and automated giant of say Tesla? How are you going to? And Dan over here has bought uh, two Teslas. Double Teslas with maybe a third on the way. The Cybertruck. Are you going to do the Cybertruck? I'm going to do the Cybertruck. Do they really have bulletproof windows? I, I hope I don't have to test it out. <laughs> you know, I hope I'm not driving through an area that someone shoots yeah. me. If you, if, you drive, it. <laughs> yeah. if you drive like I do, you're happy to know they're there. Yes, they'll be shooting me if I drive like you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so yeah, how are you how are you getting in that space? How are you gonna muscle in to I mean look, Where, you, you've got you've got the background, but this is this is not easy business. Yeah, my strategy, no, it isn't. It isn't. So, you know, a lot of what people are looking at these days with Tesla is just because of the advanced technology that it offers and it's really cool gadgets and all that. Not so much of the design. I'm not a big uh, fan of the design that they have done so far. But what we're looking to do is go back in time, bring back the classics that we built Ooh, back in the 20s. Who do we have back there? Hello. Hello. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, you're getting yelled at. Ah, uh, yes, my, my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> Just like it happens in a lot of these calls now. <laughs> oh, she's got the baby. How old's the baby? The one, this is one of my four ones. This one is three, but she likes to sit next to me all the time. You got four? Only. <laughs> I uh, have Dan's got three. I got three boys. Uh, you still got one more to catch up, buddy. I wanted to have five. My <laughs> wife told me I had to find somebody else for the last two, but uh, yeah. I was, I was, yes. she was done at three. She, Wait, she, three. she said it was okay? <laughs> no, she didn't say it was okay. <laughs> it would have had to be something else, another arrangement, but no, she was never saying it was okay. Four, four, four is a good number, trust me. We we have, we love the kids, but it's the sleeping, it just goes away. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's anyway, well, we'll put up with it. But what I was saying now, we're, we're, we're going to bring back the, the 1920s car. And I want to build one this 2026, 2028. And I'm going to sell the two of them as, 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 a, as a couple. And I'm going to call it La Copieta, which means the couple. So you'll buy two cars with a 100 years legacy for the price of one. So you're, you're bringing back the, the 1920, very beautiful, 20s, beautiful design. Correct. And adding not necessarily all the silly gadgets and widgets, but but the uh, electric vehicle efficiency to it. Mm -hmm. Correct. Correct. And then and we customize the car for the client as well, because we're we're discussing this with a few of the biggest collectors in the world. One of them is out of California. One of my best friends is William Evans of the Evans Hotels, and he's got a garage of maybe five hundred cars. So wow. him and I were we're working next to each other because I said if I'm gonna make something, I'm gonna make it for the guy, the first guy who's gonna buy it from me. In any case, so we're going back and forth, back and forth, and designing and redesigning this project because a lot of the supplies or the parts that you had back then that we did, they were completely out of the. I mean, you, there's nobody in the world that can make them. We have to remake them ourselves. So we're gonna be using the likes of technologies like 3D printing in some cases. Uh, try to understand if we use aluminum versus uh, copper in certain cases. It depends on the colorings that we're going to be using. So it's a lot of back and forth, which is a lot of fun in this whole project. What was the company politics like getting deals at Chrysler? I mean, you you kind of hear stories that it's just, it's really cutthroat. Can you tell us any interesting stories about how you navigated through corporate politics at that level? It took... It took probably about four years of understanding who the suppliers were to these manufacturing companies. What the advantage is, is that when you're niche and you're small and you have a name, people will listen and, and meet up with you. In the case of Chrysler specifically, there's such a monopoly in the, in the United States, especially, right? Like GM and, and so on, that to, to navigate through all that and was more about using my influence and my family ties and, and getting to the right person at the right time until it was fully orchestrated. Now, the suppliers all around for a, a given car could be anywhere between 1,000 to 5,000 different suppliers. So imagine the amount of time that you have to invest to build these relationships well so that you get the best prices, so that you get them to actually do it for you and and not saying you away because today, as I go to the guy, let's say Pirelli, who makes the tires, right? And they have all kinds of tires. But if I want Pirelli to put my name on it, they're going to say, hey, get the hell out of here. Who the hell are you? But if they 
somehow believe in the project and somehow understand who I am, then say, okay, put Pirelli Soriano on the tire. It may make sense. Let's take a chance. So there's a lot of that going back and forth in building these relationships and convincing the corporations that you are, in fact, a project that will stay, that will last. So if somebody's building projects right now, how what advice would you give them on how to develop these relationships? If well, there's two different two different ways of looking at it. If they're looking to get a market right away with a product that could be considered low quality, which is the case in most of these cases, they don't need to build relationships. They can just buy the parts from whatever is available in stockpiles, put together the vehicle and go to market and here it is. Scooters all over New York City, Miami, and so forth. Out of parts from China. All of it. All of yeah. it. But this is what I mean, low quality. Now, if yeah. you're looking to do something high quality, which is in the case of what we're doing, made in Italy, so that it's known that it's an yeah. artisanal product, then you gotta have meetings. You gotta have meetings with these people. For example, I, I like to throw events once or twice a year where I invite all of my distributors and suppliers. Nobody yeah. does that. Because nobody really cares about that. Being in a European culture, you're you're relational, right? It's not transactional. And it's multifamily generational. These are families that have been doing this for 100 years too. Even if they were making just the one bolt, that's what they do. And they do it amazingly. So you want to pay attention to them and and kind of create that relationship, but but also show them what is the end product. Mm -hmm. Like that little bolt that they're doing for you goes here, but this is the, the vision. Yeah. And they really appreciate when when a maker, car maker or motorcycle maker participates in that or makes them part. Yeah, they they want to feel valued. They want to feel like what they're doing, they're part of your, you know, of your brand. Yeah. You know, so yeah. So, that's, that's my what, advice. But what price point are you looking at with these, you know, sounds like, I mean, it sounds like I, you know, I, I'm assuming both of these cars 100 years apart are going to be sports cars, something like a Bugatti look or ferrari look or something like that i would imagine fun, fun fact we were making bugatti is a model type it's not a yeah. brand it became a brand yeah. later on yeah, yeah we were making bugatti models in the 19, 1912 up until 1927 wow and then bugatti became bugatti you know later on yeah, yeah. so yes it's it's more or less a bugatti style model from those years and then the new version well, I don't know yet, but we're playing around with a few different models. But we're using the chassis of Corvette. Uh, we're most likely going to be using an AMG Mercedes-Benz engine on it. Okay. So we're 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 working, we're collaborating with the biggest brands that are out there that are already doing it big time. And these will both be electric. Both. It's optional. Right now, it's, it's optional to the client. Yeah, it's yeah, optional yeah. to the client because. I, I still this think there's the, going to be value to the to the combustion cars because that's going to go away. So I still think there's a lot of value, and you don't get that that sound no. that's that you know that I, I like. I said I got two Teslas. You don't you don't get those things. Well, funny enough, in our motorcycles, this version that we're in the market with, we added AI technical sound because AI offers you that, so you can have the traditional sounds. It's not exactly the same feeling, but yeah, yeah, it gives you it's a it's a good transition, right? Yeah. Hopefully in the next five years, technology is going to be even better. Speakers are going to be much better. You're going to feel the vibrations. I don't know. And yeah, we can yeah. have a product that is more realistic to what the past used to be. But yeah, yeah, nostalgia is always going to play a big role in this. So when when are you going to market and how are you working with people now? 
So we're in market, we're in production already. Our first 50 motorcycles to be delivered to the United States are going to be between March and April of this year, 2024. And uh, then we're looking to revamp this to maybe 100 to 200 distributors is really our target right now. We need, we like, and we need to work with distributors. So we're in seven different geographies, Australia, the UK, Spain, France, Italy, the United States, and Dubai, the Emirates. So, you know, one distributor becomes two, two becomes three, four, five, and we're global, just like Tesla. <laughs> I think that's really cool. So if somebody wants to find you and they're really interested in these types of these types Motor of um, motorcycles and soon, hopefully, the 1920s cars, uh, how, how do they get a hold of you? How do they find out more about you? Very. So, so SorianoMotori.com is the website. We have a Metaverse Web3 as well, so they can 3D everything that we're doing. And that's the easiest way. We're on all the social media platforms you can imagine. Uh, uh, even TikTok, which is something that I was completely against. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we understand that too. We do not. We don't play well on the Diggle Talk, but I think we're on there also. Um, okay, well, we'll sh send all those links in the show notes. We appreciate you being a part of our program. Thank you so much, Marco, for being on the Scaling Edge, and we will see you soon. Cheers. Right, so, so good.